0: Good morning. I love the season of Advent because Advent presents us with some of the most deep theological truths in the Christian life. It's sort of odd because many of us that grew up in church, we sort of thought of Christmas as being sort of this superficial thing. But we, a new community, are journeying by thinking about this incredible truth that the Word became flesh the beginless creator of the universe became man incarnation that's an amazing truth just to try and wrap my mind around well why did Jesus do that and we sang about it all this morning if I had to sum up Christmas sum up what season of Advent is I would say it this way we couldn't get to heaven so heaven came down to us We couldn't get to heaven, so heaven came down to us, and as Emily reminded us, and C.C. reminded us, and Brielle reminded us, the truth of Christmas, Advent, is that Jesus came the first time to inaugurate the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, and he's coming back again to consummate the kingdom, to someday, to someday establish his rule and reign where there will be no more disease, death, evil, sin, injustice. That is what Christmas and season of Advent is. Um, And as we shared last week, we are reminded that, that the Christmas is not about an escape from a real world of pain, suffering, and hardship, but it's about a God who chose to enter into a world of pain, suffering, and hardship to do something about it. And as I mentioned last week, that's great news because if God was willing to come into the mess that was our world, he is more than willing to come into our lives. And I don't know who here this morning needs to hear this message because maybe your world, your life today as you, as you look at 2019 as one in which you're going, God, is there healing? Is there redemption? Is there restoration? Is there something that could be done about this? And the good news of Christmas is that the answer is an emphatic what? Yes. Yes. The word became flesh, and we're just sort of meditating on this truth for this season of Advent. It's been said that every human being on earth will face three questions for the rest of our lives. It will come around these three questions. You can't help it. I can't help it. The first question is the question of existence. Why am I alive? By the way, there's an enormous difference between being alive and just existing. Would you agree with that? My question to you is, as you examine your life, are you alive? I believe that every single human soul cries out within its deepest being, I want to be alive. And when we're just existing and not living, there is a disconnect in our hearts. Why am I? The second question is the question of intention. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? It's amazing how much you and I could endure when we know that there is a purpose behind it all. Amen? I have some good news today, and that is this. Despite what you've gone through, despite the mistakes you've made, despite the setbacks you've had, I want to remind you that God's purpose for your life is greater than your problems. God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. The third question is a question of significance. Do I matter? Do I matter? Why am I alive? What's my purpose in life? Do I matter? I'm just curious, is anybody asking these questions? I would argue that everything that we do is ultimately a search to answer these questions in our lives. Did you know that the people in the first century were asking these very questions themselves? Why am I alive? Why am I on planet Earth? What's my purpose in life and does my life matter and they had a word that captured these questions and the word was Logos Say it with me Logos Logos from which you get the English word logic or reason it's the word that the Greeks and the Greco-Roman world used to ask these questions. And the word logos didn't mean just reason in general. It meant reason for being. And so the question. Why am I alive? What's my purpose? Do I matter? Logos. And I would argue that all of us today are searching for logos. And I would argue that most of us in this room try and find our logos in one of three ways. And if you've been in New Community, this will sound familiar to you. Some of us try and find logos through what we do. Achievement performance it is what i do that matters it is what i do that gives me purpose and meaning in life we believe this toxic lie that our value is determined by our productivity so how many of us live without limits and you're tired and exhausted because you're trying to live without limits How many of us are defining success in a way that doesn't even reflect who I am, what I value, what I want? How many of us are sitting here this morning at the end of 2019 and saying, I thought I wanted that, only to get there and realize, is that it? I say this all the time in our church. Some of you experience success early in life, it's the worst thing that could have happened to you. Because you've allowed that success to define the sum total of who you are. But what good is it if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Logos, what I do, what I perform. Some of us is by what I have. Logos is what I have. It's what I accumulate, our bank accounts, relationships. It's those letters at the end of our name. I'm asking all all the time, why do you want to drive that car? Why do you want to live in that house? Why do you want to live in that neighborhood? Why do you want to get into the social circles? Why, why, why? Is it about status? Is it about approval? Is it about proving something? Your value is not found in your valuables. The most important things in life are not things. Then, of course, some of us are logos is what people think about us. Listen, longing for human affirmation is something that we could all relate to, but living for human affirmation is deadly. If you live by people's approval, you will die by their rejection. How many of are sitting here this morning, fearful, anxious, because our law God says, what do you think about me? What do you think about me? What do you think about me? Every single one of us is on a search for logos, meaning, purpose, life. Do I matter? Why am I here? I don't want to get too philosophical because let me drill it down. John in John chapter 1 comes with this amazing news because he says, listen, listen, listen. Ah, you put up the verse too early. He says, listen, he says, listen, listen, the logos you're looking for, reason, purpose, existence, listen, the answer to that has become a person. Has become a person. And listen to what John says in John chapter one. Some of you have never heard this before. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the what? Say it with me. Logos. In your English Bible says the word. But literally the Greek word logos. And the logos was with God. And the logos was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that's been made. And the logos became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory. Glory of the one and only Son. Father full of grace and truth. Your reason for being became a person. The life you're looking for is found in a person and his name is Jesus. The purpose for your life is found in a person and his name, what, is Jesus. You've been created in Christ Jesus, the good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. The significance you're looking for is found in a person. His name is Jesus. Bible says when you believe and trust in him, holy cow, you become adopted as son and daughters into his kingdom and you will rule and reign with him for all of eternity. What? Your logos has become a person. His name is what? Say it with me. Jesus. Oh man. The apostle Paul picks up on this in one of his epistles, Colossians 1:16. For in him, pay attention to the prepositions. In him all things were created. All things have been created by him and for him. Is anybody here today feeling directionless? Does anybody feel lost? Millennials? Is anybody sitting here going, what do I want to do with my life? Here's the question. How can someone who didn't create yourself begin to tell you what it is that you were created for? How can you know what your life is supposed to be when you don't even know the author of your life? The reason why all of us are lost, we start at the wrong starting point. Don't start with me. Start with God. I have been created in God, by God, and for God. There is no knowledge of self without deep knowledge of God, friends. Do you want direction? Do you want clarity in life? you want purpose for 2020? Begin with what? God. In him. And then he says in verse 17, he's before all things and in him all things hold together. It's incredible how we in the English language say stuff like, my life is falling apart. My life is falling apart. Why? Because in him all things hold together. You build your life on anything else. You anchor your life on anything else. You look to anything else for purpose, meaning. And the result is, disillusionment despair hopelessness I have been created in him by him is he on the periphery of your life put him at the center of your life and kingdom blessings will come so the question is do you know this logos listen I'm not asking if you know about him. Lori? I, I'm not asking these folks if they know stuff about, you know what I mean? This story is so familiar. Oh, you could recite, you could preach back to me the Christmas story. My question to you is, do you know him? Is he real to you? It's one thing to sing about his presence, but do you know the living reality of his presence? It's one thing to sing about his love, but is your heart captivated by it? Is he real to you this Christmas? Do you know him? Do you know him? Because when John says he became flesh, he is saying an astounding thing. He's saying he's not some abstract principle. You could know him. You You could enjoy him. You could love him. You could see him. You could touch him. Researchers in human development say that 10% of what we remember is what we hear 30% of what we remember is what we see and we remember a whopping 90% of what what we Touch you could tell a little child don't go near that hot stove But when that child actually what? Touches that sucker, he will remember for the rest of his life. Do not go, and you know what John is saying? John is saying, listen, before the coming of Jesus, people knew about God. Yeah, yeah. I think mean, some people even heard his voice. They knew about God. But in the coming of Jesus, you could you could see him, you could touch him. Yeah. You could know him. Do you know him? Is he real too? you is he real to you say peter how is that possible the bible says the word became flesh and check this out he dwelled among us now listen i know new community we hear that and we immediately want to jump to our mission He dwelled among us, incarnational ministry, embodiment. We need to go near, draw close. We need proximity, embody our faith, not just word, but deed. And those are incredible things and we need to do them and I will forever champion those things. But let me ask you something, are those things easy to do? Is it natural to do them? Answer church, no. Those are things that the Bible calls us to do and they are awesome outgrowth of the Christmas story. We do need to, as the Bibles in Philippians do, empty ourselves, deny ourselves, draw near to the brokenhearted. We need to embody our faith and live it like we did yesterday in Los Posadas and being with our homeless neighbors. We embody our faith, but the power to do those things, our mission flows out of his mission. Let me say that again. I don't have what it takes to live incarnational ministry. I don't have what it takes to embody my faith unless I am empowered and motivated by Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. And it is when we understand his mission in Christmas that our mission becomes real tangible. What is his mission? The Bible says he tabernacled. If you were here last week, come on, somebody. It says he tabernacled why he's hearkening us back to john, uh, exodus 33 john is do you remember exodus 33 moses the greatest one of the greatest living prophets of the old testament says to god in exodus 33 i want to see your glory i want to see your face I want to see your face, God. I want to know you. I want Emmanuel. I want to sense your presence. I want to know you. I want, I want to feel your love. And God says to this beloved prophet, what? Exodus 3, 319. I'll cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. But he says, you cannot see my face, for no one may see my face and what? Now, I know we're on this side, of the, the other side of the cross. So we look at them and we go, well, what's the big deal? Put yourself in Moses' shoes. God's saying to Moses, you can't handle my glory. Wow. Moses, I am category five hurricane. Moses, I am category five tornado. Moses, I am consuming fire. Moses, I am without beginning, without end. You're a five-second mist that appears and gone tomorrow. Do you understand the magnitude of what you're asking? And then God says what? Build me a tabernacle. Build me a tabernacle, and my glory will reside there behind the veil in the holy of holies. And once a year, the holiest person in Israel, the high priest, will go behind the veil, offer sacrifices to inform for sins. And when John says, I I, I hope this gets to you. When John says, he Tabernacled among us. John is saying, Category 5 hurricane, consuming fire, eternal son of, that glory can now come into your presence because it's become accessible. Jesus. And you say, How is that possible? In Mark 15, the moment Jesus is crucified on the cross, what does the Bible say? It says, and the veil that separated the glory of God from sinful humanity was torn in two. And now the glory of God, the glory of God that is overwhelming can come into your life not to destroy you but to heal you not to kill you but to give you life that glory of God come flooding into your life and that means you don't just have to know about the presence of God you could experience it you don't just have to know that God is loving you could experience his loving kindness it's one thing to taste that honey is sweet another thing to taste and see that the Lord is good you can Christmas now the transforming glory of God could come flooding into your life to heal to restore to forgive to redeem is that good news I'm just wondering is anybody sitting here today and saying Peter I want to experience his presence anybody 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 how many of us are sitting here today going I know about his love Peter but I can't remember the last time I experienced his love anybody? anybody anybody here's the thing if you're sitting and going I want that but does that God want that for me look at the lengths that he went so that you can know you can know you could know you could know of his presence and his love and you'll need that Do you know why so you see come on up do you know why because there is a mission for us do you know what that mission is Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 says, and the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. There is a day coming when the glory of God will cover the entire earth. There is a day coming when the consuming fire of God will come establish his rule and reign and heal and restore everything. Is that good news? There is a day coming when the glory of God, the rule and reign of God will come and injustice will be defeated, evil will be defeated, sin, death, and disease will be defeated and our mission is to participate in that inbreaking of Christ. So there is a mission. We do follow the way of our master. We are, hello, reconciled to be, say with me, reconcilers. Yeah. Christmas message says that he is coming to establish his rule and reign. And that means we follow the way of incarnation. You can't love from a distance. You can't commute to your calling. Say it again. You can't, I didn't think it was gonna resonate that much, but okay, you can't love from a distance. You can't come here to your calling. You gotta go close, you gotta draw in, you gotta be fully present. You do need to embody your faith. He did take on flesh, which means that our bodies are our message, not just our words. The poor and the oppressed cry out for Jesus and his kingdom. And that cry will be heard when you and I become the literal hands and feet of Christ in our world. But the ability to do that begins here. It is when you and I encounter the glory of God that we could live our lives in a way that glorifies his name. It is when we experience and encounter the love of God that we could extend that love to our neighbors. Are you with me? Are you with me? We love because he loved first. It is when we allow the truth of the incarnation to transform us that we are able to incarnate and embody our faith. I wonder if this morning there's anybody that says, I am hungering for the presence of God, the glory of God. Anybody, anybody, is there anybody sitting here today saying, Peter, I'm exhausted, I'm worn out, I'm tired, I'm lost, I feel purposeless, Peter, I don't even know why I'm here. Anybody that's desiring and hungry for the glory of God, the Bible says his name is Emmanuel, he is God with us, he is drawn near. Don't even hesitate for a moment believing that God wants to do that for you. But here's the thing, you and I need to come and saying, Lord, have your way. It's submission and surrender that becomes the avenue for His glory to come in. It's surrender, submission, and simply saying, "Have your way." He does inhabit the praise of His people, but that doesn't mean manipulate and control what we want God to do. We simply come and say, "What? Have your say with me. Have your way. Say with me. Have your way." Worship team, come on up. have your way have your way I don't know who you are I don't know who needs to hear this this morning but I am telling you I am telling you I'm telling you. if you're sitting here this morning you're saying Peter I need a fresh move of God's Spirit Peter, my soul is parched. I am in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I want to see God's face. Your prayer, my prayer, have your way. Have your way. Lord, I feel directionless, purposeless. I don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing. Your prayer, my prayer, have your way. Relationships broken, fallen apart. Your life falling apart. You want healing? You want restoration? My prayer, your prayer. Have your way. Have your way with your heart, your soul, with your body. Have your way. Have your way. Come on and sing this. Have your way. Say, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Come on.